Welcome to the Big 3 IDP Podcast. Here are your hosts, Josh, Bobby, and Adam. What's up, you diehards, you degenerates, you lovers of defensive football? This is Josh Raymer, and we are back with another episode of the Big 3 IDP Podcast. And I'm joined tonight in StreamYard by two degenerates who will soon be joined by a big-time guest, boys. How are we feeling tonight, gentlemen? Pretty nervous. Pretty nervous. The butterflies, they are flying right now, Yes, Eddie. sir. But hey, this this could be it. This could be the moment, you know, that things really turn for us, boys. This could be the moment you get your family off the street. Sure. <laughs> Not sure. no longer destitute and living in squalor. This could this could be our chance to finally go Hollywood and sell out a hundred percent. A lot of people counting on me. I've uh I've already spent a lot of money, took out a lot of lines of credit. So I need I need this to really propel us. We're we're banking on it, Addy. Um you might want to have a backup plan. Nope. Mark's Mark's big enough. <laughs> So that is a great way to introduce our guest, Eddie, that <laughs> Sorry. Uh, after all the teasing on Twitter, the guest tonight is the one and only one of my favorites from the Around the NFL podcast and NFL media. It's Mark Sessler. I've been good Twitter friends, good good buds uh, on the Twitter DMs with Mark for probably three or four years now and uh, have made some t-shirts uh, for the Around the NFL podcast, interacted with all of the the heroes as they call themselves at various points, but always had a great connection with Mark and he reached out recently, asked about the podcast. And so I thought, well, let's see if he'd like to come on. He said yes, for some, some reason that we're still trying to figure out. And, uh, yeah, that was maybe a mistake that he's going to live to regret, but, uh, we are absolutely thrilled to welcome him on the pod tonight. We just got done with the interview. So you're going to hear that here in just a second, but, uh, boys, we have some news, uh, that we want to hit. If it wasn't enough that we landed our biggest fish ever, Addy, we're, uh, we've got some big tings happening <laughs> behind the scenes. Real big tings, Joshy Washi. So we are thrilled and delighted to announce that we are launching a podcast network, the Big Three Network, and we are going to be doing that with the indispensable the IDP guru. He's been on the show here recently, and we love him to pieces from Cleveland, Ohio, Mike Woolert. We are launching with Mike's new podcast called Miked Up with Mike Woolert. You've probably seen it teased on Twitter with the artwork that he got developed for the show. Bobby, I know I, for one, am excited to listen to Mikey Dubs week in and week out. Bring me that IDP goodness. Just a boy from Cleveland. All he is. Yes, sir. Proud of him. Amen. Yeah. You know, Mike Wollert has one of the best week-to-week, you know, Green Dot articles that you can read for IDP. And, you know, that 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 wisdom and that knowledge and that man needed a voice. And Big Three's proud to give him a voice. That's yes, right. Sir. It's been in the works for a while, so we're excited to officially start rolling this out. Addy, we've got some we've got another project cooking behind the scenes we're excited about, and we're on the lookout for talent as well. Yep. Yep. If you uh if you're interested and you're, you know, not uh not a 
not a big weirdo. You know, that's the, that's the <laughs> first thing. If you're normal, you got you got a lot of, you know a lot of friends. People people seem to like you. Okay, if you're not a big out. weirdo and you want your own IDP podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Those two seem like they may go hand in glove. They are weirdo and IDP yeah. podcast. We know that it's mm-hmm. you know it's going to be tough, so we'll 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 make exceptions probably. Yeah, if you want to talk about anything on our podcast network, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> no, for real though, we're excited. We've got uh, like I said, another show we're working on behind the scenes with folks that you have heard on the pod here recently. So we're hoping that comes to fruition. But we're launching with Mike Up with Mike Wollert. We just started his podcast feed yesterday on Wednesday, so uh, it's it's kind of getting out there. It's populating and getting distributed with all the major platforms. We expect the first episode to drop by the end of next week. So make sure to go subscribe. I'd say by Saturday that the pod should be on most of the major platforms. So go subscribe and, uh, you know, that way you'll be notified whenever that first episode drops next week. We're in we're in talks with Mike behind the scenes, helping him to develop the show and the content. But it's going to be a lot of this kind of straightforward wisdom. That's what he talked about. You know, he takes the complicated and makes it simple and gives it to you week in and week out. So we're really looking forward to that and some of his other interests as well, guys. I think that's what we appreciate is that Mike's kind of like us and that he's not just all football. I think he's going to get on there and talk some wrestling, some Marvel movies, some Star Wars movies. It's going to be a lot of fun. Lord willing. Lord willing and the creek don't rise, Addy. So that's the other uh, big piece of news that we have. Oh, besides the fact that we landed another big fish. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking like, uh, you know, uh, what's the shark movie that just came out with the the massive shark? Uh, that's the uh, that's the, that's the level of big fish that we're talking about here. Like, eat the whole boat type of fish, Addy. Yeah, it's just, you know, one after the other now. You know, we're, 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 uh, hey, we're popping, baby. We are popping. And the name of that movie was The Meg, because it's the Megalodon as the type of shark. So we have some Megalodons. Mark is the first one that we're going to have on tonight. And we'll have the second one on here in the very near future. We've got some other awesome guests lined up, boys. Big Three's having a moment. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just call it like it is. Big three is having a moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, are we going to crash and burn on the other side of this? Probably. Yep, absolutely. Adam's whole family destitute. Absolutely <laughs> going to happen. But for the time being, we're going to enjoy this and have a lot of fun. And it seems like the listeners, Addy, are having fun along with us. We actually had one of them reach out to us. Hit us up with the deets on the uh, the message that we got from one of our listeners here today, Addy. Okay, our boy Jeff P. Mr. Boobam13. Boobam. It was, uh, you know, he. I made that ADP tweet today that uh, got a lot of feedback. He was he was somebody that commented on it, and uh, you know, just a nice discussion. Uh, hit me with a nice nice compliment in the DMs. Just super thankful for for uh, for him listening. And uh, you're a good dude, Jeff. We're we're fans. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Big fans. Are we going to try to pronounce your last name on the show? Absolutely, no, absolutely not. not. No absolutely way. Not. You don't want that gross matos type situation yeah. going on here. <laughs> yeah, I saw. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, it's. I think we'll, we'll try. It's pomazol. But I, I saw that and I was like, oh god, another <laughs> one of these. Iloa. 
Yeah, don't need any more of those. We just need straightforward, like Brown or Smith or something easy. Yeah. But Once seriously, mm-hmm. thanks, thanks for the shout out. I told the guys in our private Slack channel that that's the reason that we do this kind of stuff, man. We're not doing this for the money. The money's great. We're all making about a hundred thousand dollars a year off this pod, so, <laughs> except for Addy. I guess I should have mentioned that uh, in private with you, Bobby. You actually are getting a raise, um, but we do it Congrats, seriously Bobby. for the fans. And so, you know, if, and another lesson here too, Addy. If you shout us out, we will mention you on the pod. By God, yeah. Mm-hmm. So come holler at us. See what come happens. Come holler at us. That's right. So um, let's get into it. We had an awesome discussion with Mark. Went about an hour and a half. I think you all are really going to enjoy it. So gentlemen, without further ado, Mark Sessler. All right. We teased it on Twitter that we had landed a big guest for tonight's show. And for this podcast, And me specifically, this is perhaps the number one guest that I'd wanted to have on the show since our inception. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Around the NFL podcast and NFL media, it's the one and only Mark Sessler. Mark, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Like, uh, you know, I've listened to a few of your episodes and uh, I've enjoyed it. And like, um, it it means a lot. You know, Josh, you've you've gifted our group with... um, some amazing artwork and t-shirts and in, in artistry and beauty. And uh, I, it's, it's cool to be here. So thank you. Absolutely, man. That was when we started this show. So we had like a spreadsheet where we planned everything out and we wrote down like, who's the dream guests? Like who, who do we want to have on the show at some point? So to have you on the show, and I know we were talking a little bit before we got on mic here that, we wanted our show to mirror yours, the Around the NFL podcast, and that it was entertaining, but also informative. And sometimes straight a little bit into the entertaining territory, because that's what keeps the fans coming back. And like you mentioned, we, that show has some of the best fans out there in terms of a football podcast or, or football shows in general. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were, the four of us were talking a little bit before we got going here and I, I look at our show and just say the four of us grew up on, on you know, Greg, Wes, Dan, and I grew up loving football and being obsessed with it. Um, and it's just one part of life. And so uh, our show is part football, part the other parts of life. And um, if it's not fun to do, we'd probably stop doing it at some point. But we've been through a lot of different phases of each other's lives. Um, I, I would think Wes is probably the best person he to is. point to on that front. I mean, you know, he he comes into L.A., rolls into L.A. as a a guy that is not comfortable being in, uh, in California at all. And, pro- you know, I hanging out with him a bunch early on, battled it. And um, I have some interesting memories of him. But then the transformation and he went through such a battle with with cancer. He he meets his, the lady of his dreams, Lakeisha, an absolutely gem of a person, just the most positive person I've ever met. Um, they get married out of all this, they're having a child soon. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's kind of what I think as sort of the centerpiece when you talk about life events, um, of, of what kind of keeps us together. And as a group we're we're friends. And if, if that all, if that all stopped at some point or not stopped our friendships, but if the whole experience changed a little, I think we would want to keep it as pure and good as possible. And, um, it's been a ride and football again, is just like a little tiny, it's a part of it. It's not the whole thing. Yeah, I would say football is what gets people in the door with your with your podcast. And then 
the camaraderie, the chemistry, the friendship that you have with the other guys on the show is what keeps them listening episode after episode. And that's something that we actually benefited from was you see a lot of these shows and the chemistry is forced because the people just don't really know each other. They're doing it over, you know, StreamYard or Zoom and it's just hard. We've all been friends now for going on, you know, a decade plus. And so when you have that kind of camaraderie and chemistry with each other, it doesn't feel forced. It feels authentic. And you do get to have these kind of life experiences with people. That's one thing I've really enjoyed is not just all the football analysis, but kind of like you said, watching the show evolve, but then watching the four of you kind of living vicariously through you all uh, as you kind of had this meteoric rise there at NFL media with the show. And then, like you said, the life events, I mean, Chris getting engaged and married and cancer and uh, now with a baby due at the end of the month. I mean, it's just been a wild ride. Yeah. And I, you know, it's um, I, I can see it in other shows too. And I think that's, it's sort of the secret sauce. You can't fake it if it's there. And like, um, you know, I, I grew up a star Wars fan and I always remember being young thinking like, I want to meet like a, my Ben Kenobi figure or, 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 you know, when you've been in projects where you're teaming with people that kind of wanted to help, um, help you and guide you. And like, I, I had been at NFL before the show started, but I, I don't know where I'd be without the other three guys. Like, I, I don't think I'd be there. I'm not sure where I'd be maybe, but it would be very different. And it's like, uh, you, you just feel kind of lucky that the, the four of us, um, and I would include Erica as the, it's the five of us at this point. It's not it the is. four. Right. And like, um, you know, we've had a lot of producers too, some great ones along the way, but she has cemented herself as um, at this very critical juncture in time in our show, I think as the producer of producers. And uh, I just feel kind of lucky um, to be able to think about who I was in seventh or eighth grade and um, how obsessed I was sitting up at three in the morning, thinking about the NFL and um, wondering back then when there was no way to get into the media. I mean, there was like 12 people talking about football on TV back then and thinking that would always be that way, that we have a chance and you guys too. It's like anyone can start their own show and um, share their passion for this. And it's about the sport and it's about much more and it's really important who you team with. And um, I mean, I just feel like we got lucky with our group. And uh, But we're also, you know, like you, got, we're passionate and we're not going to mail it in. Uh, we care a lot and you have to kind of be self-starters. Like the NFL has been really cool of kind of of allowing us to do the show because there's times I think we've gone a little bit against the grain of what um, you would think when you think of NFL.com or NFL network, but um, they've ridden with us through some r- rougher moments, maybe <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, but um, you know, they've been cool. And like uh, in, in return, I think we've been industrious. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. Industrious and passionate. Yeah, that was one thing, Bobby, I know that when we started this show, we were amazed at the kind of reception. But Mark's right. You can't just mail it in when it comes to to putting out content. Like if you're good, people will love you, but they'll also ditch you pretty fast if you start mailing it in. Absolutely. You know, and even I think probably one of the best things for us was starting out just talking about something we knew. You know, so we started talking fantasy football. We all knew each other. We had great chemistry together. And uh, it's just kind of weird. You know, Markham came on and we were just literally doing a podcast for 12 dudes in a fantasy football league. And, you know, every once in a while, me and Josh would look at the analytics and we would be like, 
who is listening to this thing? Why are there 50 <laughs> listens on this? Yeah, you know? it had 50 listens. A lot of people from like uh, Sweden, I think it was. Yeah. Um, it was strange because we we kind of followed the fantasy footballers trajectory where we did start with a with a podcast for our league and then it grew out of that. But Bobby's right. Like we were we were industrious even when it was just the 12 guys in our league, ourselves included, that we were making the pod for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Go ahead, Addy. We've had a lot of luck too with with fans and, and you know reception so far. Everyone's been super cool with us. Um, they've been quick to interact with us, message us, ask for help. It's it's been it's been really weird because uh, we haven't even been doing it for a year yet. And also, like, I have no idea how. Why are you on our show? Um, <laughs> well, I, it's a great. It's I, a fair question. Well, I feel, it's like, like, yeah. I feel like it's too soon. I'm worried that we're not going to be humble after this. <laughs> no, it's like, well, I think, I think it's our, our shared love of Sweden is probably uh, <laughs> that's, it. That, that's one great. thing that ties us together. But I, I, I will say this, like um, I, it, there are the type of people that they go to college, they go to journalism school and they, they ride sort of a beeline right into the career. And I didn't even come to NFL until I was, um, 36 and months away from having our first child born and taking a huge pay cut to work there three days a week. And just sort of, um, if it weren't for my wife, Simone, like if it were a different type of uh, wife or, or person, she would have said, no, we're not going to take a huge pay cut. We're, that doesn't make any sense. She was, um, it, it's the people you have around you. I, I was lucky to live in LA and jogging by NFL network every day and met a friend who knew an editor there and said, you know, and I hadn't worked for, I hadn't written a piece of journalism in 15 years. So I went in and I'd go take lunch breaks thinking I'm going to get fired. I have no idea how to write these stories and like um, having multiple, you know, internal panic attacks. And then it just reps. You just like, you just like, if you can hang around long enough um, and if you care enough um, it comes out and, and suddenly you're, you're suddenly cemented to some degree went through a lot of iterations there, um, was lucky, very lucky, basically, that Dan showed up a month later and he and I became friends. And uh, Greg showed up a couple years later and became my boss and wondering if you're going to hang around if Greg thinks you're you're worth it. And Greg was very generous to um, give us a shot too. And then he brought Wes in. It's like, it's kind of like when you go through the history of it, it's just a lot of life events that could have gone in a totally different way. So I, I, I before I went to NFL, I had a blog with um, friends that I grew up with writing about football. And it was like, we're not getting paid for this, but we know each other's sensibilities. We, this is something we love doing together. And, and I remember like I'd write a post and I'd have like 15 people that read it. And it was like the most important 15 people in my life because like I spent two hours writing this thing and they looked at it. So it's like the amount, the size of the audience doesn't matter um, when you're rolling into this whole situation and it can grow and all that stuff. But like, um, if that's the main driver, uh, those people I think get flushed out. You just have to be like, I'm going to write, I'm going to talk about football. I'm going to be with my friends no matter what. I don't care if there's 12 people or 1200. Yeah. 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 I, in fact, I put out a tweet today and it got like 20 retweets and 23 likes. And it was like the most exciting thing in the past right? two months. <laughs> You know, it was, I hear you. he was messaging yeah. about uh, messaging us about it. Like, did y'all see that? Yeah. Yep. And it's funny, Mark, you mentioned going to college, journalism school, rolling right into it. That was actually my path. So I went to college, went to journalism school, 
got, but did not want to go into journalism. I realized about like March of my senior year, I was like, oh my God, I don't want to work in journalism. Um, ended up getting a job working for a newspaper here in our state capital as a sports writer, making $22,000 a year. So nothing, just Big dirt coin money. Right there. Big coin. Yeah, yeah. good coin for a guy who'd never had a job up to that point. But I said it was the most fun first job you can ever have because I was getting paid to watch sports. And I think the the fact that we do, we all, we all four of us do podcasts about the NFL kind of speaks to that same desire to just have fun talking about something that we're passionate about. This is an outpouring of love. Like you said, when you're first starting out, kind of grinding the point that we're at right now where we're working, you know, doing this 40 weeks in a row to build our audience, we're not doing it for the money. We're doing it because it's fun. Yeah, I mean, like I could think of myself that I moved to L.A., in 2004 to, um, go to UCLA to do screenwriting. That's why I moved here. And then, you know, that's a, that's a big ask. And, um, I, I didn't have the money to kind of sustain myself to get through that. Uh, you know, some people don't get a screenplay done until they're 50. And I, I just, I didn't really have a plan or I didn't know what I was doing. I moved here and didn't know anyone. Um, and the NFL thing came up a few years later and it came at the right time because I probably would have I came close to almost leaving LA. I just didn't know what my purpose was because I took a bunch of corporate jobs that were writing based, but it was like writing like a hundred page, totally boring robotic proposals for um, assholes. Sorry. They were, Mm -hmm. they were just like rich men that were really concerned about their own money. And it's like, why? And they had no respect for what I was doing for them at all. Um, Like the beeline was like, I want to create, I want to write. I, and when, when it, got married with football. It was like, wow, that is something I would love to do. I, I think that there's different ways to get into it. Like I would be happy to write about gardening uh, if it was, if there was really freedom to do it. Um, football is a perfect partner along with all those passions. Uh, and again, it matters who you team up with. And um, if you don't, if you lose the passion, you move on, you know, but like, for now, football really works. And um, I can really see also what I can see it in you guys, like as a group of guy friends, um, not to say it couldn't happen with a group of girls the same way. I'm sure it could uh, be great, but like, um, like a group of guy friends, like talking about football, like kind of when you've been through a lot of real life stuff together, but it's something that kind of is a connective tissue, some DNA between you. It's a great way to debate and use, you know, get your personalities out there and your individual interests and fandom. Um, it's a perfect thing to do a show about or, or to write about or to exp- you get away from the rest of your life. So, um, you know, there's really no difference between it doesn't matter the platform. It's all sort of the same. Yeah, I know Adam loves this time too. We all get away from our wives for a little bit and our children. Right. Uh, Adam comes into the shed with a beer and a monster and uh, just that. simultaneously pounds both. So his Whatever heart is happened. like... Yeah, whatever happens, Jesus yeah, takes the gets wheel. it. Yeah, yeah, he does. Sure. He understands. Bobby sure. comes rolling in with his Bobby suit gets it. And, yeah. and Todd Gurley jersey going on, which is a great combo, Bobby. Um, Mark, I'm surprised that we haven't seen this combo on the uh, NFL Network yet with the suit and tie, and then the jersey just over top of it. Well, I need to think about you know how we're approaching those opportunities from a fashion angle. Um, they have some rules that. Uh, you know, they, they like to see people probably dressed up a certain way. And I think that our show is specifically um, when we've been on, when we, we, we've been lucky to be on the network and we're wearing T-shirts or button down shirts like ripped off a T-shirt. Like it's probably <laughs> not the first thing they were dreaming up. But um, 
you know, you do it and then you ask for forgiveness later or now, yeah, now right. if they're seeing this now, I'll be, asking I'm sorry. Now. I'm yeah. sorry. NFL <laughs> Network. My bad. <laughs> I think the saddest thing about my outfit is that I bought it within the last month and uh, the Jersey's already vintage because now TG's gone and the Rams have come out with new uni since then. So it's rough. Yeah, well, it's more, it's, it's more valuable now. It's vintage. It's suddenly, it's you know, and, and, and it, it looks sharp and like the colors look um, extravagant next to oh, one another. Great. So, oh, yeah. Do you yeah, like the new jerseys? Say, Do you like them? I was going to say, Mark, were you a fan? The new Rams ones? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I feel like it was kind of hot take central uh, with hating on them by some. Um, others others were kind. I'm fine with them. I, I'm not a huge fan of um, fade color, like fade, you know, color the, into the white in general. Yeah. The gradient stuff, right. That's the right word. Um, I, but I, but I don't dislike them, and I think they're they're sharp. And uh, to me, some of the stuff that's come out um, have been much more offensive. I, I'm not a huge fan of the Falcons jerseys. I don't yeah. know what's going on with that situation, but I think most people feel that way. The Rams, I think people were pretty divided on, and I I've been tough on the Rams in general. Um, living in LA with some of the, well, we're very tied to the Rams at NFL Network. You and are, I get, and yeah. I get that. I get that, but um, I. I like the jersey. I like the uniforms. I'm not like it's. I'm not sitting up at night thinking about them, you know, endlessly. But they're they're nice. They don't make yeah. me angry. No, they're they are. And the and I would say if you pair them with the Chargers, L.A. has done a good job overall. I mean, the Chargers uniforms are just they're sweet. I, they I look, think most agree they're beautiful. They look kind of similar though, the two of them together. Mm-hmm. They, they do. really all, do. All blue ones. That's probably the bigger special. knock is that I think that there are some Rams fans coming out a little confused by the redesign on some level yeah. that they're extremely chargers esque. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what focus groups they put these through, but that <laughs> that didn't come up as a, you know, a point of contention is confusing. Yeah. Right. That the, the, especially with the new logo, which I compared to like Donald Trump's hair, like swooping over yeah. the LA. That's pretty it, apt. Yeah. It just didn't. And it looked like, a, it kind of looked like a lightning bolt. So I was like, is this the Rams or the chargers? Yeah. That wasn't great. I will say Adam was asking me like, what's the deal with like the white into yellow numbers. And I was like, I guess it's like sort of like an LA thing. Like kind of like the sunset over the white beaches is kind of the look they were going for. But I agree. It is kind of a weird thing to put on like a football Jersey. Like, the most masculine of all the sports, and we're going to go with gradient for the numbers. I mean, it's just kind of bizarre that that's the choice they would go with. You're so yeah. romantic, Josh. I know, right? <laughs> I thought yeah. so too. Huge gradient takes, and I like it. I feel the same way as you. And like, um, well, I mean, it's it's probably tough on the organization if they come out and people are down on them on some level, but I think they survived the rollout for the most part. Yeah, I would agree. I think, uh, you know, when people think about the big three IDP podcasts, Mark, they think about fast food takes, football, and then gradients on football jerseys. Yeah, so, that's got to be the top three. And I mean, it's, you know, three is trying to get up there in a two or one. So we understand. <laughs> so, so Mark, let's, uh, let's get again into a little bit more about um, the, the podcast. For those who maybe aren't familiar with your work, or the podcast we've mentioned, you know, that you have the around the NFL podcast, um, you work for NFL media. So what, what year did the pod start? I was trying to think about this earlier. Well, I've tried to think about this too, and we've actually debated it, but I think it was 2013. Um, but we were, Greg was even with the company before that. Um, but he was on the East coast and we were, Dan and I were here in LA and like, um, we were writing uh, and Dan and I had a, 
what I would call a mini pod that Dave Damashek, who is a wonderful guy, was lucky, was nice enough, really just couldn't have been more charitable to two guys with no experience. He put our little 10 or 12 minute um, show called the debate club on the end of his uh, podcast, which was getting a huge amount of listeners and still does. Um, I, Adam, not sure we'd even be here if that wasn't happening. So I always think about Dave Damashek, number one. Um, and then Greg came to LA soon after. And I think we had Greg on the debate club a few times remotely, uh, like from, you know, from New York. And he'd call in to give his thoughts on our abilities uh, at doing that and other other topics. Um, but then Wes joined the company soon after. And uh, it was pitched by our bosses, if I'm not mistaken, at the time that we would do the show in pairs of two or maybe two or three tops while someone else would be downstairs, you know, with a horse whip on them writing the articles. Like you can't have all four of these guys disappear at the same time. And we eventually kind of just pushed and pushed and pushed and kind of won that battle. Um, so it started then and it, it, we, you know, we didn't know this, but a listener one of the listeners said that we had hit a thousand episodes a couple weeks ago. Um, and so it's been that many, uh, really because we've always tried to do three shows a week during the regular season and during much of the off season. But when you get into that late May, June period during a normal off season, we would go to two, but that that's more than some football podcasts. Um, and it got us to a thousand, which apparently is a, a landmark that none of us were aware of. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's insane. We're uh, we've done forty four, and when we're uh, we're ready for a vacation. Yeah, that Josh, feels like Josh work, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Josh is uh, Josh. He runs a tight ship for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's, we, he he seems to have been talking to uh, Greg or Dan for to some degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Josh is definitely the glue that holds me and Adam together. You know, me and Adam definitely are the ones that chase rabbits in these situations and. You know, we get off on tangents about players or just fast food or random thoughts that come through our minds. But Josh is always the one that kind of reels us back. But, you know, one thing that, you know, Josh has really been pushing to me within the last like really six months. He's like, man, I'm telling you, you really need to listen to this Around the NFL podcast. He's like, you know, it's not fancy football, but it's great. And I really have, you know, the last month or so, really, I've, I've plugged into it, especially since we've had some more time. Um, but your all's podcast is great for fantasy footballers from the perspective of, you know, fantasy football guys are always concerned about, um, you know, stats and always concerned about LB ones and who's the safety one and who's, you know, your top RB off the board and everything. But people in fantasy football don't always, you know, pay attention to offensive and defensive coordinators that are, you know, moving teams or, you know, um, you know, things that are moving hands within organizations that might affect the way that those players play in a given scheme or whatever. So, you know, your all's podcast is super helpful to listen to just because it's a, it gives you a different perspective, I guess, on fantasy football. Well, I think like probably the same that you guys experienced that with four of us, you're going to get four different people and we're going to be interested in four different look-ins or aspects of football. And, um, you know, I, I think Greg is one of the best, sports writers and um, football analysts out there. And if he taught me anything, you know, he was my boss for a while. And I'll say this, he was pretty good about being like, you got to get better at headlines. You got to get to the point quicker. You got to have a real take. And like, um, I I mean, I, again, I was really still learning to write um, football 
stuff in general. And he, he, you know, he, he's pretty direct and like, um, you need that sometimes. Like he, like he really kind of made me think about what I was doing when I'd write. And I think a lot about what Greg said to me and he, Greg loves football more than any person I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, unabashedly. And, um, it's incredible, incredible to be around someone with that kind of passion for football. When I think about Wes, um, I, I don't, I, I remember, you know, being intimidated when I first, uh, when Wes first came, because he just seemed so confident in his football takes. Um, and I, again, I, I'm a little more out there with other stuff that I'm into. And um, I don't walk around the newsroom telling everyone I know who the best quarterback is or that. Cause I just, I, I think I'm learning all the time. And I mean, these guys are too, but Wes is right about his takes often and had confidence. And I think it, um, you know, he had been in fantasy football writing, both of them for a long time where they had come in with that power where you write something, you believe it. And um, I've just learned so much. And I remember wanting just in general to sit down and watch football with Wes because like he has a great um, naked eye for the game. When you're watching a running back, he'll be like, he's slower than he's been in the past. I'm like, whoa, I'm learning from that. Like, I, yes, I see that and you're right. But like, I wouldn't have announced that to the room. Um, mm-hmm. And Dan is sort of the incredible, uh, spicy, uh, hilarious, um, maestro of it all. And Dan, Dan loves football and knows his football too. And I, I would like to think that I know my football too as well, but I wouldn't walk around pronouncing that to people. I, I, I just feel probably like um, our show has different elements and different people. And so from, so if a fantasy football person is listening to our show, you're going to get a lot of stuff maybe you didn't need, um, but you are going to get some stuff, especially from the tape watching that we all try to do during the season mm-hmm. where you might think about why you're starting this player this week versus player B um, based, especially on what I, I would say Greg and Wes have to say about some of these guys. Yeah, exactly what you're talking about too, Mark. You know, we're a little bit the same, all three of us, in that we all love fantasy football, but we're all different in that, you know, Josh is the he's the headline guy. I mean, like, and he's a editor, that's his job. You know, he stays on me and Markham religiously to try to make sure that we're doing what we need to it's be true. doing. So I mean, literally he's the glue the to worst. the to the situation. He is the worst. But Adam, <laughs> like Adam legitimately has the best eye of us. I mean, he can he can literally tell like you know, so-and-so looks great this year. He's really, you know, whatever, whatever type of situation we're looking at. But then I feel like my comp is probably I've bought and sold a lot of cars and houses and stuff over my life. And so mine is kind of the ploy of like um, buy, sell, hold, you know, mm-hmm. so this yep. is the people that you really want to be targeting. This is the people that you really want to be getting rid of. So yeah, kind of the same dynamic, two completely different shows, but you know, the glue that kind of holds us all together is, is very similar. And we all, you know, we all push each other. It's, it's the iron sharpens iron, you know, yeah. saying it's, uh, that's us. That's definitely us. That's definitely us, Mark. If you can't yep. tell. Uh, no, I yeah. can tell. I mean, it's, but I think it's really cool to have like, um, you don't want three or four of the same exact skill sets and right. it doesn't create good conversation because like, um, I think some of our biggest debates probably come from life perspective and what kind of your value system inside it, you know, not that anyone is a villain or something, but just like what you see and what you um, react to. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. good to have different takes and different point of views. And, you know, I can see that with you guys for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Mark, let's talk a little football here um, because I think we could sit here and talk just about the pod. And uh, congratulations on a thousand episodes, by the way. I was having a little technical difficulties when you were talking about that, but that is a huge milestone. And I'm sure when you guys started out in the debate club days that that was far from your mind. So a huge well, congrats. Well, it was probably far from NFL media's <laughs> minds too. So um, probably a slight coup d'etat on that front. Absolutely. So uh, one thing that you guys talked about on the show last Friday, Mark, and everyone needs to check out as well. You guys have the podcast. You recently have gotten back on NFL Network uh, doing the NF, uh, around the NFL broadcast on Fridays. Uh, so check that out. But one thing that you all talked about that was the big news item uh, last week was the schedule release. This is kind of the last big sort of news event for the NFL for a little while here, especially in this coronavirus time. We don't know what the offseason is going to look like. So this was kind of the last big marquee thing on the calendar. We've had a little bit of time to digest this now. It uh, was released a week ago today. So looking at the calendar, Mark, what are some games? They can be Browns games. We're no, we know you're a Browns fan. We're going to get into that. But what are some games that you're looking forward to here in 2020? Well, you know, when I think about that, because um, you're right, it's a big uh moment for NFL media to roll that out and own it. Um, but I think there's, I think most people that look at the schedule feel like well, if you look too far down the schedule, you're not really sure what that's going to look like. That's a different country from today. Um, so I kind of look at the early part of week one and I, I think Bucks saints out of the gate is, but who, how do you not, how are you not most fascinated with the idea of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski on the Bucks and Bruce Arians and how that will all go. And um, the Saints are fascinating in their own right. I mean, that I, that doesn't need to be explained too much more. Um, I think about uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. I just want to – like the Bengals to me have been one – kind of one constant thing no matter their record for so long. They're very different to me now. Um, they're As a Browns fan, they're right in the AFC North. It's the last – one of the bigger disasters to come out of last season was the Bengals getting the first – overall pick and getting Joe Burrow. I mean, I didn't need that. That's not what I was hoping would happen. <laughs> no. that. And if he's what people think he'll be, um, that is quite problematic. Um, yeah. The last thing I kind of think about is on the flip side is um, the Patriots just like, what will they be? And they've, they've given them a ton of primetime games. And, um, but it just, you know, you, I, I remember the Patriots pre Tom Brady and pre Belichick, um, or even the the Belichick year when he got there, and I think they went six and ten and were sort of a disaster. And even the year they won the Super Bowl opened up one or three or something. And I thought Belichick might be failing here, and he might be done. And as a as a previous Browns coach, Belichick was quite a fascination to me. Um, but here we are again on the other flip side of that. Two decades later, two decades after nine eleven, the year all that went down, and the year after when they won the Super Bowl. So um, I, I, a Patriots team minus Tom Brady is for me, must watch. And I don't care if they're good or not. I just, I have to see what that looks like. That is a totally um, engaging, fresh experience from uh, from the visual perspective. Wow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I know, Addy, you've been hyping the uh, the Tampa Brady Buccaneers up all offseason as probably the most fascinating team going into 2020. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't know how how pe- how uh, teams are going to stop that offense. They're just so good at pretty much every level. Um, I'm a big fan of Keyshawn Vaughn, who they brought in. 
Uh, I thought they got a, a, you know, a steal in the draft, getting that, that tackle um, to, to shore up that line. Um, I, I like the defense. It's young and upcoming. Um, yeah. I, I think they're going to be hard to deal with this year. I'm with you. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun, especially going up against Drew Brees and the saints. Mark, y'all were talking about how, I think it was Greg that brought it up. This is a team that seems to be in like a super Super Bowl now or bust type of mentality for like the last three years. But something feels a little different this year with Breeze signing the TV deal, Sean Payton pretty much coming out and saying this is Breeze's last year. This does feel like the final hurrah for the Drew Breeze-led Saints. Yeah, I think it, I, I think it is. I just, you know, the – I look at Philip Rivers the same way in Indianapolis. You don't announce to the national media that you're going to be a high school coach um, the minute you quit if you're going to stay in Indianapolis for four years. I mean, we're talking about high school kids. Like, I mean, you don't tell them that. And and Drew Brees has already, you know, charted out what comes next. And um, I mean, it kind of makes sense. The Bree- like the the Saints are sort of in this like one year window after three utterly ghastly, horrifying playoff losses to erase all that and do it. And if it doesn't happen this year, I don't think you, I think you move in a different direction to some degree. Um, I think it's a bit of an upset that, that Sean Payton is still there after I, 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 three years ago, I would have thought that Sean Payton might be the Cowboys coach by mm-hmm. now, but um, they figure that out. And, it's, and he is still to me a top two or three coach in the league. And uh, they have as good a chance as anyone, but we've seen how hard it is to get back to these spots. And um, suddenly you have this Tampa Bay team, to your comments that looks legit and uh that's not what they were planning for no and it is it is an interesting question to think about what what do the saints look like post breeze i know there's a certain quarterback on that roster that you'd like to see take the reins when breeze is done mark well i mean when it comes to Taysom hill i think he's you know and it, it, these the, the playoffs feel like two thousand years ago based on what we're dealing with as a country but um or as a world but um, Taysom Hill was just fascinating in that playoff loss. And, um, I'd love to see him get a chance as a starter much more than I need them to plug Jameis Winston in for a, a game or two. If breeze goes down, I just think you want to see what you have there. Um, and I think Sean Payton's talked him up. We've all seen those comments to the nth degree comparing him to Steve Young. So if that's the case, um, I'm okay with the late career start to that part of his journey, Taysom Hill, but, Let's see it. And like, um, I don't think you need to wait two more years. And I don't think that they sign him to an extension to um, have him be a gadget player that, you know, operates on special teams and 12 snaps a week on offense. I think one thing that I'm super interested in this year as well is, you know, if you think about it, this is going to be the last year of the old quarterback versus the new world quarterback. You know, you've got your big Ben, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, um, old man Rivers up there in Indy. But then you've got your young guns in Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Um, So this is truly going to be the last year for some of these older vets. And, you know, I hope, um, you know, we can work the 2020 season out. But I hope also that as many of the old guys can make the playoffs as possible just to make that 2020 playoff more, you know, interesting. I love that thought. And I'm with you. I feel like – it kind of reminds me and I don't, I can't place it exactly at the moment in the, in the trilogy, but uh, in, I believe at the end of the first Lord of the Rings or somewhere around there where they talk about the, the age of man, 
you know, shifting over and changing that we are looking at guys that we've been watching on Sunday for 15, 18, 20 years. Um, it is the end for most of them. And we have no idea if Philip Rivers is going to work out in Indianapolis. I give him a good chance. Or if Tom Brady is going to be the same guy. I mean, I just, I point back to that 2010 uh, Brett Favre year where he just fell off a cliff. I mean, like a car just shot off a cliff and it was like hard to watch. And like, mm-hmm. if that's the case, there's no way you bring that kind of a player back again. So um, we don't know. Quarterbacks, when they, when quarterbacks go dark, they go dark in a hurry and it's tough on the eyes. It is. Speaking they fall of- off pretty quickly. Go ahead, Addy. Speaking of the age thing, that uh, that week one matchup between Tampa Bay and the Saints, the those two starting quarterbacks are combined eighty four years old. That's got to be some type of record. That's great. Right? It makes us be. feel good though. It makes us feel young. Yeah, That's, maybe oh, yeah. we'd have to ask Chris Westling. Maybe maybe Sammy Ball like was like fifty yeah. years old playing another forty year old, and they got right. like I mean, if he battled Y.A. Tittle at some point, I <laughs> yes. don't know what. I don't even know who to pair at that point. <laughs> I know, right? So, uh, Addy, give us a game that you're looking forward to this season well it was actually that uh tampa bay New Orleans game. <laughs> well it, it makes sense right we're all it into is it, so. it's very yeah. exciting all the yeah. way around um okay i can do one off the cuff here i'm excited to see the cowboys um bringing cd lamb in you know giving dak all these toys uh i think the defense is pretty solid it's it's probably one of the more underrated units in the league um but man, that offense—I mean, that's up there with one of the best offenses in the league now. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see them this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Mike McCarthy to not go eight and eight. I don't think yeah. that's acceptable. Yeah, it was he actually down in that bunker watching as much film and recreating himself as much as we've been told by yeah. his PR team. We'll see. I we'll I see. well, that came from our a lot of that came from right in house and uh, at NFL, and I think that's possible. I mean. I actually did do this one article a while back about, um, and it was based around Mike Pettin and others who, when they took a year off, it really did. Number one, it helped their health. Like all their, they all tested nonstop. They're under NFL benefits and all their blood pressure and everything that affects a guy of a certain age went, got way better. But um, the perspective of a year, of a year away to get out of your little world, to look at other teams and offenses or defenses. And I do think that's possible with Mike McCarthy. Um, I mean, I just want to see it. You know, he he's he's in a, he's dealing with a loaded offense. To your guys' point, so better yeah. happen. No more excuses, Bobby. Give us a game you're looking forward to. Yeah, so you know, if we can make through the season to get to Week Ten, I'm super excited about um, the Bills. Um, I believe it's at home against the Cardinals. It could be the opposite, but you know, super excited to see two young quarterbacks. Two up-and-coming teams, you know, the Bills looked awesome last year. Now with the addition of Stephon Diggs, um, you've got Kyler Murray with maybe the most dangerous, you know, receiving weapon in Nuke um, to go with him this year. So excited to see what they look like. Excited to see what um, Isaiah Simmons looks like uh, another couple years with uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Um, our boy Buda Baker. I love Jordan Poyer. So just a really a star-studded, you know, lineup on both sides of the ball. But if we can get to week 10, I don't really care what game we're watching, but that one would be a fine one. Just to get watch. us to week 10, Lord. That's all that's, we ask. That's a good point. I think also like Brian Dabel, the Bills play caller, offensive coordinator, one of the more underrated, like 
trick masters out there. I mean, he's done a lot with that Bills offense that I don't think would have happened with other guys. Yeah, I think Diggs – I've we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but I think Diggs could have an awesome year. You know, people forget that, A, Josh Allen has a cannon, and, B, um, Stefan Diggs is a really, really good route runner. So even though Allen's not super accurate – um, you don't have to be really, really accurate when Diggs is, you know, two steps past the the CB on a lot of those plays. But, you know, also interested to see what Zach Moss looks like in that offense, to see what him and Singletary's splits are going to be. So, yeah, man, the Bills are are kind of fun. But, yeah, that's my new team, the Arizona Cardinals. I'm Rams fan for a long time, but <laughs> when they drafted my boy Isaiah Simmons, I've jumped ship. Oh, that's a, that, you jumped ship right into the uh... – into enemy waters there. That's he impressive. Did. It <laughs> was the right. it was the jersey change. That's what did it. Yeah. He was like, well, great I, at numbers. No, I cannot support this. I hear you. <laughs> not loyal. Not, not loyal. loyal. Definitely not. Yeah, the Bills are a fascinating team this year, Mark. It seems like with Tom Brady leaving the AFC East finally, that the Bills are dealing with something that uh, I think you all brought this up that they're not quite used to, which is expectation, specifically expectation to win that division this year. So I am very fascinated to see how this Bills team, which has kind of been the scrappy underdog for a couple years, deals with now having the target on their back. Yeah, I just I love Sean McDermott. I think he's a great coach, and I agree. Uh, you know, Brandon Bean, the GM, and they're they're one of the few teams where the coach and GM seem to be totally in lockstep. And you know, I look at the the Bills team that McDermott um, pulled into the playoffs a couple of years ago when Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback, and you know that didn't end well, but it was like wow, that was a pretty great coaching job with not a lot of talent. And they were really um, deficient on offense up until, you know, last off season when they added a couple guys and now they look pretty good, but um, they were in the middle of a rebuild and he got them to uh, January. I, I just believe in the coach. And I think that a good coach, it's kind of like when you write a great script, like um, really only terrible actors can mess it up. And so uh, McDermott's sort of that guy for me that, that, and, and having met him once, like, um, and I'm easily impressed by these guys. So it's <laughs> not a great thing, but, um, well, I was just thought he was a cool, cool dude too. And like, just seemed to have this kind of quiet, um, non-alpha male, um, but just sort of quiet confidence to him. And, um, you know, I think even if you look at Carolina, the way he coached up, um, Carolina defenses, when they were trying to like cost cut and get rid of, um, big name players, he still found a way to, coach up secondaries with guys that you don't you wouldn't know who they were and um I think he's brought that trade to Buffalo this is so funny the dynamic here because a lot of times too on our show Mark when we bring up a team Josh is so quick to go to yeah Sean McDermott or no Chris Ballard you know he goes to the OC or the GM or whoever that time <laughs> You bring up the Bills, and me and Adam are automatically talking about. Now, let me tell you about Tremaine Edmonds. He's going to be really good this year. But right, it's yeah. funny the dynamic to see like where your personality goes when you bring up like. A I just team. like the one, and we have a you know we have the benefit of going to um you know the combine and owners meetings where you have a chance to kind of talk to these guys either in interview sessions. Um, I, I will say uh it, at the Super Bowl week, which is an absolute nightmare on some levels in terms of trying to get access to anyone, but. Uh, if you go to team availabilities and you um, you can get a chance to talk to coaches. And I remember going to the Seahawks uh, Broncos Super Bowl um, where we got a Chris West and I especially talked to Dan Quinn before he became a head coach. And he was the DC for the Seahawks, just loving him. And like um, you'd ask him a question and he was 
honest and real and would give you like a five or six minute in-depth answer about what they really wanted to do in the game. And I just kind of have fallen for coaches and assistant coaches more than players because I think players, it's not their fault, but they're kind of trained to not say anything yeah. unless you get that subset that are, they want to make headlines or they just can't help it. But coaches um, come with this whole different worldview and uh, I just learn from them. And I think if anything, I'd rather be a coach than a player. And so maybe it's just where you feel fascinated. I don't know how to answer it other than that. Yeah, I think some of those players, the, the the media handlers probably get the hooks in pretty early. The coaches tend to be. We've uh, trend's been a little bit reversed with guys like Cliff Kingsbury and Matt the the flower Lafleur, as you like to call him, Mark, coming <laughs> well, in at like oh, that's RA. How you translate that last name. Let's <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah. But so. most coaches are a little older. They've been around the league a while. You know, they're lifers. Most of these guys. So I feel like that's what you see sometimes with these coaches is. They're not. They've been around long enough. They they kind of like the the grandma that's in the corner of the room at Thanksgiving, just saying whatever comes to mind. That's kind of how I see the coaches. Is like, look, I've been doing this twenty years. Like, I can afford to be a little more loose with my opinions than I was when I was twenty eight. Yeah, and they're putting up with, um, you know, a room of personalities that we would, you know, if you're a school teacher or something, you're not dealing with this on a on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, the, I think everyone's goal is eventually to be like Bruce Arians where you don't give a shit about anything. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, it's and he's true. not afraid to be honest because he's been through this a billion times. And like, yeah. um, I just, I think at this point in 2020, uh, any honesty you can get from anyone in sports in terms of quotes and comments and reaction is appreciated. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll wrap, wrap us up here on the schedule release. You know, here in Kentucky, it's weird, Mark, because not having an, any professional franchises at all for any of the major sports leagues. For the NFL, you see fandoms split between the Titans, the Bengals, and the Colts for the most part, with like a smattering of Cowboys and, and, and Packers fans and kind of the big-name teams. So the Colts, I'm a Colts fan, so you know having the, the Bengals in Cincinnati, you know, four or five hours north of us, we always wanted to have like this kind of um, – Colts Bengals kind of in-state rivalry that's we're not even in the state where the teams are and the Bengals like you said I think you've described them before maybe this was another team as like just a raging yawn for the majority of the Andy Dalton led Bengals experience they just weren't that fun to watch so you never really got hyped up for the games I've said it on Twitter I'm getting some like uh rookie season Andrew Luck vibes from Joe Burrow already so I think this Bengals team is going to be infinitely more fun than they've been in the past. So I'm really looking forward to that October 18th game uh, where the Bengals visit Indy uh, just because, you know, you've got this grand experiment with old man rivers there in Indy behind this offensive line with all these weapons versus the franchise savior and Joe Burrow. That's some juicy football drama. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's hard for me to, get too excited about the Bengals as a, as a Brown supporter, but um, I see a total identity shift if this goes right with Joe Burrow. And um, I, I just never signed up for the Andy Dalton thing. It's not against him. He, I think he's a good quarterback who's got a clear ceiling and uh, you know, did really pretty workmanlike and did everything they could have asked of him. But Joe Burrow just seems to be next level exciting. And if he is what we expect, um, it's been a really long time. And some of my best 
football memories growing up were when the Browns and Bengals were a real rivalry. So you can point to Colts Bengals and that's true too. But um, the Bengals having a rivalry with anyone would be, um, would be, that would be breaking news, right? (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, uh, I, I I put them up there on the schedule release excitement level too, just to see what they look like, because he's not walking into the worst situation. We all know that like um, anyone who's into fantasy could look at their offense and say, you're getting AJ green back. You're getting, you know, Joe Mixon, I think is a, fantastic running back but their o-line is a little questionable but um better than it's been in the past um and uh it comes down to me at the coaching staff who are they i have no concept of 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 what they represent or who they are um we didn't get any sense of that last year are you a difference maker or 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 does the coaching staff need to be evaluated and make sure you have the right one in there for joe burrow so i think it's a huge year for um for those coaches assuming that games are played yeah, exactly. That's that's the big caveat with all this, right? The schedule release is great. Things might look a little different come August if the world still looks like it does right now. So uh, I will say, though, last kind of burrow note, when I saw him smoking the cigar after they had won the national championship, I was like, oh, this dude, I'm not worried about this dude. He's going to walk in and just have the respect of that locker room like day one. Well, that as a Browns fan, that that was the first um, that put a scare into me. I thought I don't need this guy um, in the AFC North, and then suddenly there he is. And I'm not sure who the 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 most wanting quarterback in that division is right now. I mean, it's up for debate. It's not Lamar Jackson. Um, I hope it's not Baker Mayfield. I, I don't like where we are um, uh, at this point at all. Hey, you've got you've got 300 pound uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, so he's an extra large Roethlisberger this year. Slightly like a wild card um, <laughs> at this stage. So, Mark, you've mentioned the Browns. Anyone who listens to the podcast or follows your work on NFL.com knows you're a diehard Browns fan. Uh, We don't have to rehash 2019. That was kind of the season of hope for Browns fans. Didn't quite turn out the way that fans had hoped for, but you all have a new coach, a new GM, and a new outlook. You had a very nice draft by all accounts. Take us through what your thoughts have been on the Browns offseason and what your outlook is for the team in 2020. Well, I think it's a better offseason than last year, and I I get why um, it doesn't generate headlines because of the exhaustion factor. And and I feel exhausted with what happened last year, but um, they patched up their line. Uh, we we know what they've done there. And um, for me, it was more like as a Browns fan, and it's really not that different than the Bengals on some level that they've been through four billion iterations of head coach and GM, um, not being paired together, but being hired at like slightly different times, where uh, there were just endless uh, soap operas and and infighting and dramas. Um, where they were trying to one up each other, but neither seemed to have any skills at what they were doing um, in the to start with. So you know, it was just like twenty years of um, really dark, really a dark two decade stretch where I'm not sure how much lower it could get. You go zero and sixteen. What more do we need to do to signify that we're not we don't have our the eye on the ball here? Um, but I look at I look at Stefanski and Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry, the youngest GM in the league. Um, who came in uh, late in the offseason uh, to deal with a draft where you've got scouts looking at players probably for the previous regime. I thought he nailed the draft. He nailed free agency, free agency very aggressive. Um, uh, Stefanski, very detail-oriented from what we're hearing from the players, which was missing under Freddie Kitchens, who otherwise I'd love to hang out with, but um, 
you know, I, I think there were a lot of issues from players in terms of like, you get through the a drive or two in the game and there's no game plan. And it was, it was about a billion, as far as the East is from the West in terms of, you know, a Belichick halftime adjustment scenario. Um, I think they're just a more organized um, front office coaching staff married scenario. And I have a lot of hope um, on that front. I, the roster looks really good. And if they aren't, if they aren't 10 and six, I, I'm not quite sure what happened unless there aren't 16 games. I mean, they should be, um, it, you know, it's a terrible situation for a first year coach, but they seem to, there are reports, the players saying we, we, we love Stefanski. He's been, he's given us very clear objectives and, and, uh, you know, goals to attain. And, uh, for me, that's all I want to hear. What is the game plan? Is there one? And there, there, there didn't seem to be one last year. Uh, there does this time around. Yeah, Addy, I know that uh, being a Vikings fan, Kevin Stavansky, a guy you're very familiar with, another guy that you're familiar with and love very much, like a, like a son, is uh, Od- Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham, as you call him, and oh. the, the Drip King himself. And I know that's one thing that you are very excited about, the fact that the Browns did not do something stupid or rash and trade uh, OBJ during the offseason season. Uh, I know as an uh, Odell Beckham owner in fantasy, you've got to be excited for what uh, his outlook is this year. Oh yeah. And you know, all the, all the videos around this time, time of year that the players release of them working out and stuff. Um, he's, he looks bigger. He's been, he's definitely been lifting weights. He's gotten bigger, but, but, uh, but he's been saying that uh, this is going to be his best year yet. And I, and I believe him. Yeah. yeah and they didn't trade him like that. Like the whole, that, you know, they didn't trade Olivier Vernon. They didn't trade right. him. They didn't trade fill in the blank. And the result, David Njoku, and like they kind of kept them all. And it's like yep. we're not going to burn down what the previous regime did well. Um, we're going to keep these guys. And I'm with you. I mean, Odell Beckham was never healthy last year, so why why not find out what you have here? Yeah, and you got to love the Austin Hooper, you know, acquisition too, because uh, Stefanski really good at two tight end sets. That's kind of the 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 way the league is 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 moving. So even if they get rid of Njoku, um, you know, I think Harrison Bryant is is going to be someone. Yeah, he. And I'm not a huge college guy. Like, I mean, our group jumps in kind of when they're adopted by teams, but the more I look at Harrison Bryant, it just seems like wow, that was a yeah. very intriguing pick. Yeah, he's impressive. So, Mark, one thing that this is an IDP show, we care a lot about the defensive side of the ball. So one question that I have, they let Joe Schobert, you talk about workmanlike and just a guy that was an absolute grinder for you all, played like close to 100% of the snaps. They let him walk out the door, go to Jacksonville. So I'm curious now, who's going to play linebacker for this team in 2020? Yeah, I didn't love that move. I, I kind of felt like he fit exactly what they're looking for. Um it, with not a lot of not a lot of like uh, clear ideas of what they're going to do going forward, I like Mac Wilson. Uh, you know, I he didn't. It, it's tough to base off a rookie season. They they had some issues on defense last year, but I think Mac Wilson is someone that um to me feels exactly what they're looking for. Also, um, but I think you could look at Cleveland might be a team that could run a lot of nickel and dime sets. I don't think that they're a, they're a four, they're a four man front um, with, you know, especially with miles Garrett there and that they're, that's what they want to do, but I could see them being like kind of a four, two, five scenario a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe just two linebackers, but I, Mac Wilson is the hope for me at that position. 
Um, I think this like Taki Taki, they've got that guy yeah. too. And like, uh, you know, I, I, there, there isn't a clear replacement. I, I really like Joe Schobert. I thought he was just, um, he wasn't, you know, in an all-star, but I thought that he was a playmaker. And there were, if you go back and watch Browns games over the last two seasons, he just seemed to be in on a lot of plays that were transformative for them. And so um, I have the same question you do. Yeah. And they had the money to pay him as well. That's what's confusing. I don't know what the assessment was. I think it would be fascinating to find out what they were thinking there. Um, I, I, a big chunk of Browns fans, uh, you know, there there's always, they're always in fighting and battling, but I'm, I'm on the side of people that thought, keep this guy. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And we're all pretty big uh, Kirksey believers too. And gosh, Green Bay's putting a lot of faith in him this year, obviously getting rid of uh, Blake Martinez and everything as well. So Hope he can stay healthy for the <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they like Kirksey a lot, but I mean the injury stuff was um maybe it's they tough. just thought, you know, it's not, you know, we've we've paid him a lot of money, we've not gotten a lot post mm-hmm. it was sort of post right after the extension that they didn't that Kirksey ran into those issues. They mm-hmm. cut him, didn't they? Well, they moved on, yeah. And he and I mean I, I think he's gonna be he's a he, to me he's like a could be really productive if healthy, but he missed I I don't know what the amount was, but like a full season and then a, a, a flock of games the next time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just interesting. Interesting though, that they decided to cut him or move on from him when they didn't have, uh, you know, any veterans really at linebacker. Right. Him and Schobert in the same off season. So it's like either they have a really clear plan that will become clear to us. Um, I don't, you know, not being there. I it's, it is a slight mystery to me. I hope it's talkie talkie. I would I love I would love to Me say too. that name every week. So yes. well, I think it's the two of them, him and Mac. I mean Mac Wilson. So I, I don't know yeah. who else the, the option is. I mean they did draft um they drafted a linebacker, I forgot it, but he, apparently PFF had him as like the most uh you know sort of sure tackler in the league in college football a year ago. But you know. They they uh brought in BJ Goodson too, I think, from Green Bay. They did, they mm-hmm. did, yep. He's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so It'll be interesting to see, you know, the Browns, there's a, there's a term in fantasy football, Mark, I'm sure you've heard before of post hype sleeper. And I feel like that really is the outlook for me for the Browns this year is everyone's excited for the Bengals. You know, everyone's excited for the Cardinals, the bills, kind of these new front running teams. And it's like, don't forget about the Browns. All the reasons that we were excited about them last year are still there with potentially a better coaching staff in place. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think actually, like again, to get Jack Conklin and then Wills on the uh, a tackle. I mean, th- they kind of neutralized their biggest issue from a season ago, and um, th- it kind of reminds me of two off seasons ago when everyone was gushing over the Niners, and then the Niners had issues and injuries and problems and faded, and then a year later no one's talking about the Niners and they come roaring out. And like, um, I'm not saying Cleveland's going to do that. It's just that they have the roster to like to suggest that whatever we were hopeful about a year ago, it, it's still in play. It's just that we, I think just as covering sports, like um, it's so narrative driven that we're, we're tired of that narrative. So we ignore it and we move on to another team to be hyped up about. And um, it's probably better for the Browns in general to not be talked about that way. I don't like teams that haven't proven anything. Um, you know, to be, to get six primetime games and thrown into that position. And uh, it's better to be under the radar. It is. It takes the pressure off a little bit. And 
that was a team, especially with Freddie Kitchens at the helm, that felt like probably not great to have the spotlight on them and to be sort of like America's team for the year. That's just a lot of pressure and expectations for a team that just hasn't done it yet. Yeah, I mean, I think it was overtly combustible, and it combusted. It combusted. That's right. So, Mark, we mentioned we're a defensive podcast. We love giving the attention to the other side of the ball. So uh, one thing as we kind of look forward here, now that the draft's over, free agency, there's some skies left out there. But for the most part, we understand what these rosters look like now. So I want to take a turn, each of us, and uh, we'll have you kick us off here as our guest. One defensive player that you are very excited to watch in 2020. Who you got? Well, I would, I'd probably go Derwin James. I just think that, um, you know, you missed him up until I think he played five games last year at the tail end of the season when, you know, the Chargers were kind of cooked at that point. What a difference maker. And one of the reasons they beat the Ravens in the playoffs the year before and the way they used him so well. And um, if you want to look to the Chargers as a team that could roar back from that record, um, assuming that their quarterback situation figures itself out quickly, um, Derwin James is just like a pretty fascinating, uh, game. It's funny. I feel like we get like the safety position doesn't get a lot of attention, but then suddenly these like life altering players come in at that position and change everything we think. And every decade there's two or three of them, certainly one of those guys. So, um, I, I would look at him and say, if he's what we, what, if he can come back to what he was as a rookie, uh, the chargers are a different team. Yeah, you're speaking Bobby's love language right now. It is Derwin James. Uh, I hope that, I didn't take your answer. But no, 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 you didn't. Okay, good. He does love him some Derwin, though. I would say, yeah, Der- Derwin James, Jamal Adams, sort of those two transcendent, once-in-a-generation type talents. Buddha Baker. Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> yeah, Isaiah Simmons. yeah we've, we've got some uh, some Cardinal Safeties fans here in the uh, in the podcast tonight, Mark. So, yeah, Derwin James, especially, you know, with the injury uh, kind of cutting his season short, it'll be so much fun to watch him. And that could be a really fun Chargers team if Justin Herbert or Tyrod Taylor or a combination of the both can keep the offensive side afloat. They've got some really nice defensive pieces, landing Kenneth Murray there to help solidify what's been a bit of a quagmire at the linebacking core. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, who's the better team in L.A.? We know the Chargers probably aren't going to draw any fans, but I I don't know. It'll be fascinating to watch who who ends up with the better record this year. Yeah. So, Bobby, who do you got for the defensive player you're excited to watch? I think I know who this might be. Well, you, I don't think you do, Josh. It's uh, Kenneth Murray, linebacker for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Speak of the devil. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what Murray looks like. You know, the last couple of years we've been through the whole Thomas Davis, Kaiser White, uh, Jatavis Brown, just mess of who is actually going to be their, you know, green dot from one week to the next. Um, you know, Thomas Davis actually racked up 112 tackles last year. Actually, did he really? Today. So he he was decent for them, wow. and he's actually now in Washington, which yep. kind of makes sense. Um, Ruth Rivera, but interested to see if Murray can actually solidify that position. We won't know that in 2020, it'll take some time, but it'll be fun to see how Murray and Derwin play together. You know, they've got a great line in Bosa. I'm a big Melvin Ingram fan. Um, but if Murray can just, um, you know, you, you look at this guy's past and you look at, 
you know, this guy's history of, you know, what he's been through in his life and his brothers and sisters that he's basically helped raise. Seems like the guy is like a genuinely good dude. Um, it would be a great person to, you know, be the mic and be the voice for that defense um, because really it seems like that's kind of what they're looking for. So, yeah, Isaiah Simmons is my heart-led answer, but with, with my brain I say <laughs> Kenneth Murray. I love that. Yeah, that should be fun. And it is, you know, as as IDP fans and, you know, we were watching the draft uh, with anticipation, not just for these wide receivers and running backs to see where they would land for fantasy purposes, but also these defensive guys. And it was a little bit of a groan whenever, you know, Kenneth Murray, possibly the draft's most touted linebacker, lands in like the black hole, the Bermuda Triangle of linebacking cores. So, that was a little bit of a bummer. We're hoping Kenneth Murray, as defensive fans, can break the curse of what has been just a really tough-to-figure-out linebacking situation for the Chargers. So, Addy, keep us going here, man. Who are you looking forward to watching? Okay, for me, it's got to be Chase Young. Um, I don't think I'm telling any any lies here when I say that we all think he's going to be the next great defensive end. Um, and, you know, as the kids say, he's got next. Oh, uh, nice lingo, Addy. Thank you for keeping yeah. us tip. Yeah, no, no, no problem there, boys. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, adding this guy to a line that already has Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweet, Ionitis, Kerrigan, uh, that's going to be hard to deal with, you know. And I think a lot of people are under, underestimating this team. If Dwayne Haskins is average, that defense is going to keep them in games. So that's a that's a uh, that's a little sleeper team for me this year, the Redskins, but definitely excited to see Chase Young. I I mean, their front seven to me is interesting and um, it's easy kind of just to glance the Redskins and say, Oh, there'll be three and 13. And I'm with you. I I'm not sure that that's the case under Ron Rivera. They're going to be a little tougher than advertised. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems like if, if we can get even an average kind of middle of the road performance from Dwayne Haskins, um, you know, we need to see some of those offensive skill guys step up. You know, it'd be great to have a big year or two from Terry McLaurin. Uh, be great to finally see uh, the breakout come there. Uh, you've got Adrian Peterson still in the building <laughs> somehow, <laughs> still yeah. grinding away. We, As fantasy owners, we'd love to see Darius Geis finally get his moment in the sun. But, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fascinating. That is definitely – I brought – Mark, do you agree? Was – do you think Rivera was brought in to kind of steady the ship there in Washington a little bit? I think so. I thought it was a bit of a coup that they uh, basically got to him first and hired him well before the coaching, you know, hiring cycle kind of got underway. Uh, and, you know, kind of a good moment for Daniel Snyder, who's not had a lot of them lately um, to get Ron Rivera in there. And I think he is, he is a steadying influence. And I, kind of tells other teams around the league because you're moving on from the Bruce Allen and all the other business in the front office too, where Ron Rivera is someone that people want to deal with other teams. Um, you know, they kind of struggled in free agency. They didn't get some of the guys they wanted to with Amari Cooper comes to mind and others. But um, I, I think he's there for the long haul. I never really trust the Redskins um, when it comes to truly turning over a new leaf of consistency. But um I, it's about a, as good of a coaching hire as the Redskins could ever possibly imagine. Yeah. And yeah. another little point there. Um, I really like bringing in Thomas Davis to, to teach up that those young guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes. just have an extra coach for him. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, there's a huge group of players out there that would have no problem playing for Ron Rivera and would like, would, would enjoy it. And, uh, you know, it's you, this whole idea of culture change is, you know, not always as real as it seems, but I think in this case, um, they need it. Their fan base, which has been through with just a horror show mm-hmm. needs something to cling to and they have it now. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the Mark, did you get a chance to watch the, um, the all or nothing season with the Panthers? That was um, well. I'd had I had a chance, and I chose not to uh, to take the chance. But maybe I don't blame I you. Yeah. Well, I it did was... see some stuff about Cam Newton that kind of made me think. You know what? I like Cam Newton more than I than I thought I did. Yeah, that was the big takeaway for me. Was I always thought Wes's description of Newton that stuck with me as a preening schmo uh, was dead on accurate up until I saw that show, and then I realized like what a good leader he is, what a good teammate he is. The guys that play with him absolutely love him. But the other takeaway was that when you talk about adults in the room, I think Ron Rivera has to be at the very top of that list because the way he was like a steadying influence, there was a great scene. I'm sure you can look it up online uh, with Devin Funches, I believe it was. This was before he came over to the Colts. And um, he had like gotten into fisticuffs in practice and – come to find out it was because I believe he was dealing with the death of his brother. And so there was this, this great moment where Rivera and Funches are sitting on the sidelines and they're just having this moment between two men, not coach and player, but Hey, let me talk to you man to man what's going on. And I don't think that every head coach is wanting to put themselves in that situation and have those kind of conversations with players. Yeah. It reminds me of Bruce Arians reminds me of guys (laughs) like that, that like, um, you know, in Ron Rivera, you don't have to be a former player at all. I mean, we they're some of the best coaches ever were not former players, but mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt um, with with guys in general to run the room and say, you know, by the way, I was on the '85 Bears, or I, you know, I have been where you've been, and I understand the pressures you're going through as a man. Um, you know, married, trying to deal with probably some of the temptations that come your way, uh, the family needs, the hangers on, the friends that you. Uh, were friends with in high school that now want have endless favors needed of you. I mean, it's there's a lot going on there. Yeah, Bobby, you know all about that, right? The podcast groupies have been coming out and well, and, that's I would. I think Bobby's been dealing with that for months. And we <laughs> look um, at that suit. Yeah. I mean, right. that's right. Right. He's, having, he's having to keep him away with a stick. <laughs> so that. <laughs> I'll wrap us up here. One guy that I am so excited for that really flashed in his rookie season was Devin White, linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I just paid a King's ransom for him in our main fantasy league. So this is a big part of the answer. I really want to see that investment pay off. But at the same time, with all of the excitement now around the Bucks and, and Gronk and Tom Brady coming to town, this is just a team that has a lot of buzz. And I'm really excited because I think we have all these names up in lights, you know, the Mike Evans, the Chris Godwins, the Tom Brady's and the Gronkowski's. And I, I'm really excited with all these primetime games for Devin white to get some love and for him to take that leap into the upper echelon of linebackers in the NFL. I think we saw it a little bit there. Uh, having Levante David still in the building, I think is actually a benefit. Mark, and you talked about having Thomas Davis in Washington. Uh, I think it's the same thing with Devin white, where you like having that guy alongside you uh, when you're playing linebacker, uh, 
to help shore up kind of that middle of the defense. But I think you're going to see Devin White's talent kind of rise and even surpass Levante David, who's been a great linebacker for a long time, very underrated. But I'm just so excited for the rest of, you know, the people outside this weird little IDP community that we love so much to start to learn who Devin White is. Yeah, I'm not in that community, but um, I respect the community. Um, best wishes to you. But uh, It's a weird I, community. You got yeah. the beard for it, Mark, for sure. I mean, they're going to get a lot of primetime games. And like, when these things go wrong, these build a team scenarios, when they go wrong, it's because, oh, we forgot that the defense matters or, you know, things like it's like their defense looks pretty solid. And um, Devin White could wind up being a huge household name if they go the distance the way that people think they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the hope. Should be a lot of fun. Um so let's let's end, Mark. One of my favorite things from the Around the NFL podcast is anytime there's a Qualis Tu Fantasia, anytime there is some sort of sandwich prop and you're throwing out these crazy ideas, seeing if anyone will bite, you always, almost always take it to some sort of apocalyptic scenario where there's like a terroristic event wiping out half the season or aliens have come down and abducted someone, or there's a female assassin firing or a pandemic or a pandemic season, which I feel like I nailed about a year ago, but you did. You're still owed sandwiches for that one. And the Philly special, by the way. Thank you. Um, And so we want to get you out of here on this and we'll save yours for last because I know I want to, I want you to kind of close us out here with a bang. So Adam, we'll start with you. One bold prediction, bold prediction for the 2020 season. Hit us with it. The Arizona Cardinals are going to advance to the second round of the playoffs. All right. That's wow, spicy. love it. I like uh, it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just I, Has a team had a better offseason than the Cardinals? You know, you, you get rid of David Johnson and that terrible contract. You tag uh, Keenan Drake. You bring in uh, Josh Jones, Eno Benjamin, on defense, they bring in future superstar Isaiah Simmons, uh, Devondre Campbell, Jordan Phillips. Boys, it's all lining up. This is going to be a team that's going to be really good next year. I love it. Yeah, you do have Kyler Murray. Again, a great wrestling comparison, or a, a, maybe it was a Dan comparison. Marvin the Martian, just the helmet with the little legs sticking out <laughs> running around out there. I do worry that he's like five foot seven, but – <laughs> it seems like uh, promising results in year one. So we'll see how baller. it goes. Huh? He's a baller. He is a baller. I do like yeah. Kyler a lot. I think uh, the visor looks sick. Uh, he's yeah. he's definitely got some drip going at him for sure. So uh, Bobby, hit us with your bold prediction, man. What are you thinking? So Mark actually alluded to it earlier, but I believe that with the additions of Jedrick Wills with Jack Conklin, I think that the 2020 rushing title goes to Nick Chubb this year. Um, you know, I think a stat line of 320 carries, uh, 1,650 yards and 12 touchdowns isn't really out of the realm of possibility for him. You know, last year, so not only in 2018, but in 2019, he had 11 carries of over 20 yards. And then also in 2018 and 2019, he had four carries of over 40 yards. So, you know, you take a Jack Conklin who just led Derrick Henry to his, you know, 2019 rushing title, put not only him, but also Jedrick Wills on the offensive line for the Cleveland Browns. Um, and I think that Nick Chubb is a better running back than Derrick Henry, not as big and manly and sexy, but I mean, he's getting the job done, you know. So, you know, 
1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, I think is a great season for him. You know, could we see 2,000 yards or 3,000 yards? Wow. You're making me excited. I mean, I like the Kareem Hunt factor is a factor, but um, I think Nick Chubb somehow had – is a little bit under the radar. I, 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 when I watch him and like, I'm, you know, it's just me, it's just my human eyes. I it, faulty, but I, I see little elements of Jim Brown. And I've said that before. And I just think that he is the perfect, um, he is the heart and soul of that offense. So I really appreciate what you said there. And like, uh, I, I the only thing is that when Kareem hunt came into that offense too, he he changed that offense. He was electric. So I wonder how the workload, um, you know, you're, you guys are the fantasy guys, but I don't know how the workload would, would, would stack up. But um, Nick Chubb to me is one of the more watchable players I've seen in a long, long, long time. Well, and you know, Adam can probably talk to it with Stefanski and everything, but you know, look at Dalvin cook last year and how much they decided to run the ball. Yep. And you know, Kareem actually ran out of the slot a lot. Um, so he wasn't always, you know, back there, you know, in the backfield. So, yeah, that is something to take into consideration. But I think you're spot on and that, you know, Nick Chubb looks like in Adam's terms, he got next. Yes, it's true. It is yes. true. Addy, just thank you for blessing us with that terminology. You're welcome. You're <laughs> it's welcome. the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So um, there is every year. Josh, this is terrible. I'm just now seeing this one in the dock. We're going to continue. I had a different one in there, but I was like, I don't really believe this. I'm going to go to something that I can actually see happening. So every year there is a team that goes from worst to first. Now, I think there's a lot of people excited for what the Bengals did. And you could say, oh, they would be an interesting candidate, but they've got to get through the Ravens, the Browns and the Steelers to get to first in that division. That's a daunting task. So I'm going to go with a bit of a out of left field pick here and say that the Miami Dolphins win the AFC East. What if what if the leading jersey seller to a tongue of Iloa is the answer? What if he is the next Drew Brees, a left-handed Drew Brees? And this team, which is not that void of offensive talent. I mean, the line, okay, you can maybe make some quibbles there, but you've got Devontae Parker, You've got uh, Preston Williams. You've got uh, – they just brought in one of our favorites, Matt Gitcha Burrito, down there uh, to spell um, the the other running backs that they have. Um, Jordan Howard, new addition. So I just think that this is a team that is maybe being slept on. They smacked my Colts around at the end of last season, kind of late in the year. It was a lot of fun to watch. So whether it's Fitzpatrick or whether it's Tua, um, you basically have the Patriots – total question mark. You have the Jets, again, total question mark. And then you have the Bills, who I think we all expect to be good. But I don't think anyone would be shocked if the Bills came crashing back down to earth as one of these other teams came surging forward. So that is my bold, spicy prediction. The Dolphins, your 2020 AFC East champions. I love it. I think Brian Flores, too good to tank. This organic tank scenario. like He was tank-proof. Yeah, it didn't quite fly. And like... um. You know, they've added a lot, a lot of talent. I mean, their secondary is insane right now. And like, uh, we'll see. I, I kind of love them too in this situation. And, you know, adding that seventh playoff spot doesn't hurt either. Um, it helps. They were a bit of a problem down the stretch. So uh, they're a little spicy. They are for sure. All right, Mark, take us home. Bold prediction for 2020. What you got? 
All right. Well, so it's not a player deep dive. I think that we're going to, we're, you know, I think we're going to deal with a season that's different. Um, uh, in my hope, all of our, we all hope that you get, you know, 16 games from all these teams, but they've already talked about um, the concept of, you know, that there's no fans in the stands that there will be um, noise on television from fans that they will, what the Falcons got clipped for a couple of years ago of fake crowd noise. I think that by week, uh, you know, five, six, seven, that, and this is, again, this is a, not a very deep dive player scenario, but I think that fake crowd noise will become the biggest talking point on Twitter by, if the season starts on time, by mid-October, um, the reaction will be all over the map, um, extremely, vo- extremely volatile, and maybe, you know, uh, the NFL will have to adjust what they're doing because of it. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm supposed to be saying that. I just think that it, the idea of it, and it's maybe more the networks that are going to be doing it than the NFL itself, but that fake crowd noise will seem very strange, um, a bit alien, a bit off the mark, and uh, to others, maybe welcoming. I don't know. But it will be a massive, um, thundering storyline. Have you seen over in China how like they're putting dummies and stuff in the stands? <laughs> well, like, that, yeah, they talked about fake fans in the NFL too. I just, I don't, I think you just, you take that camera and you just, you zoom in a little. We don't yeah. need to see the fake, the, field. the fake yeah. fans. So. We're fine. We're okay without the fans. Just yeah. The the I think we kind of all get what we're going through. So. Yeah. Like unless it's the XFL and we have the beer snake coming down from like one, one stadium deck to the other. We don't right. need to see the fans. It's yeah. okay. We're good. We're good. So we how don't much, need. How much more interesting of a year would it be too to actually like have the silence and hear what the players are saying? Yes. You know, hear play calls, hear them talking trash. I mean, Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Gonna have to be on like a maybe a thirty second delay, but yeah. I mean for the most part it could be family ish, you know. Foot- yeah, like that. Football. Those parabolic mics are like it's their time to step up and really shine here. That's for right. Sure. I mean, we saw it with the XFL. Not to go back to that defunct league once again, but they had coaches mic'd up. They had players mic'd up. I mean, you could hear what was going on. They were interviewing players right as they came off the field. So I think the NFL, if they're smart, they're kind of looking at this and saying, okay. What can we replicate? You know, we stole the Skycam last time XFL uh, had its debut. So let's take some elements this time and borrow, especially if we're not going to have, you know, crowd noise. I've said for years, if they were to throw an NFL package on Showtime or HBO or one of these adult networks that and, you know, pay a hundred bucks a year, I'd love to hear all the sideline stuff, man. That would be way more fascinating than anything a commentator has to say. I, I'm with you. I think it's a chance to do things a little differently in a year that um, if games are played, we'll we'll never forget it. I mean, last year was the 100th year of the NFL, which is a major landmark, but the 101st can be the weirdest, uh, most memorable campaign of all time if they do it right. Yeah, the next 100 years, no fans. Just Right, no, <laughs> just we're, do- we're done with the human element here. Cardboard cutouts. We'll do the home alone thing where we're making a move and dance in the stands. It'll be great. It'll be great. Love it. Well, Mark, I appreciate you bringing it uh, to a, a different angle because I can't, you can absolutely see, uh, you know, Skip Bayless on, you know, uh, first take or whatever that show is like debating this with uh, Shannon Sharp, like skip, skip, you know, like <laughs> I can just right. hear it now. And you're right. This is going to be everything that, that we're talking about. Uh, Cause that's just how the NFL news cycle goes, you know, by like yep. week six or seven, like you said, we're going to be trying to find different things to talk about here. Well, and if they were, if they, if they were generous hosts, they'd bring the four of us on to, 
you know, we brought this up months before, but I have a feeling like they won't, they probably will not be doing that. Just like you didn't get your sandwiches, you will not get the credit you deserve here. Nothing changes for this bold prediction. It's ridiculous. All right, Mike, we'll get you out of here, man. We know you got a house full of kiddos and, uh, we, we seriously appreciate you coming on the pod. Like Adam said, have no idea why you agreed to come on the show, but we are grateful nonetheless. This has been a lot of fun. So for anyone who maybe is hearing you for the first time, give us all of the, the, the details here. How can they keep up with your work? Uh, you could find me on Twitter at Mark Sessler, M-A-R-C-S-E-S-S-L-E-R. Uh, Same on Instagram. Uh, you know, uh, we, our podcast is three times a week, uh, twice, uh, twice audio. And we have a Friday NFL network show. And if you kind of go to our Twitter accounts, you'll, you'll find all that stuff there. And I would just say, I, I loved your guys show. And it was really super fun to talk with you guys. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah, definitely go check out the show. You guys, this is Thursday, so you guys have a show coming up tomorrow. Definitely check it out. It's different than the podcast. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad they gave you guys an hour time block. For uh, now. For now, yeah. Like you said, will you be just kind of like off-season filler and maybe get the chopping block here once the season starts? I hope not because there is a subset of fans that's looking – for content like what you guys provide. We don't always want the the studio set up with the shirt and tie and the former players. That just doesn't reach everyone. We're going to yeah. put a lot of listeners y'all's way, Mark. Just yeah. Prepare the network tomorrow. I was going to say. Thank you. Well, get, get, the, get those ratings. Spike those ratings. And that's we'll, right. We'll, you know, that will only help. So Get those servers <laughs> ready because there's going to be a surge of activity coming y'all's way for sure. So. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so check out Mark's work, NFL.com slash Sessler. He's on Twitter at Mark Sessler. And go to ATN Shirts. Mark, I believe you're wearing one of the shirts that we have from the Bunker Cast. That's right. A, wow. a city filled with heroes in bunkers. So go check it out if you'd like to get one, atnshirts.com. Mark, thanks again. We'll do this again soon, man. This has been a lot of fun. We really appreciate tomorrow. you coming on. Let's do tomorrow. it tomorrow. Let's do yeah. it. Let's run it back. Why not? We don't have anything going hey, let's on. Let's change our name. Big Four. Let's do Big it. Four. Let's do it. It's let's done. do it. You know. Mark's in. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you all hanging with us and uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to give us a like um, on Twitter. Check out uh, the podcast over at Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Mark, take care. We'll check you out tomorrow on NFL Network, man. Same to you guys. What a pleasure to hang with you and I uh, hope to see you soon. Sounds good. Y'all take care. We'll see y'all next week. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Big3IDP. 